0: amen well good morning. good morning Merry Christmas I'm uh, frankly I'm ready to go home after Amy just shared like she did such an incredible job that was such a great message Thank you Amy um, yeah like we worshiped we had our word no I'm just kidding um, but Amy that was awesome um, I just want to Say to you guys this morning, I am such a Christmas nerd, like I absolutely love Christmas like I cannot wait to wear my ugly Christmas sweater tonight like at the at the family service, like wait till you see this bad boy it is like serious so um, so if you don 't like kids and plays, which you know some people don 't like kids, come to see my sweater okay, and celebrate jesus so um <laughs> What do you think about when you think about Christmas Sunday morning? Like, you know, like if you haven't been in church a long time, when people bring up Christmas, they probably start thinking about you know snow or maybe like, well, we live in South, Southern California, so probably not. But um, you know, maybe you think of your favorite Christmas song. I'm dreaming of a white. You know, like maybe there's a song that has special meaning to you at Christmas time. Maybe. Um, you think about you know the the gifts that you're gonna give to your family or your loved ones. You know, like all the thought you've put into a gift. Um, you know, if you've been in church for a long time, maybe you think of children in, in bathrobes and, and pillowcases dressed as shepherds, and you know, and 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 maybe uh, Mary and Joseph, and maybe there's a there's like a a doll, you know, in the, in the feet, in the manger, you know, and maybe, maybe you think of a Christmas play that you were in as a kid or there's all kinds of things that come to mind when people, you know, talk about and think about Christmas. And, and so it, it it really comes like it really, um, I lost my train of thought, (laughs) Um, it really depends on what your perspective is what you think about christmas and so it just comes down to what is what is the meaning of christmas like amy read some of the most christmasy passages that we read every year at christmas and i think really the only thing that could have made it more christmasy is re- reading those passages out loud like It's not Christmas to me until those passages have been read out loud. And so I think uh, the only thing that could have made it more Christmassy is if I had, like, maybe a spotlight and, like, a blankie or something like that. I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. (laughs) Yeah. Now right? Now it's Christmas. Like I, I wait for Christmas all year long. I am such a Christmas nerd that I literally wait for Christmas all year long. Like my wife has to tell me to not listen to Christmas music before Thanksgiving because apparently that's inappropriate. I don't, I don't, I think it's fine. You know, I don't care. Charlie Brown Christmas soundtrack is good year round for me, but, um, but I love it. And, and so like, I think sometimes, the The thing that we miss about Christmas is we we get in such a hurry to get to the manger you know we get to we get in such a hurry to get to the the moment of the manger where where Jesus is finally here that we miss the longing we miss the waiting um, i like like I said, I wait for this time of year all year round, and my son actually Dylan. Um, he he knows about longing and waiting right now because he um, he bought a gift for me. He he had the idea to buy me this gift maybe two months ago, and he's been trying to give it to me every day. Um, And I keep saying, Dylan, no, you have to wait till Christmas. You have to wait. And he just like wants to give me this gift so bad. Like like, he he wants it so bad he could taste it, you know. And and like he's just anticipating the day at Christmas where he can give me this gift. And man, like I don't care what it is. Like I'm gonna give him the biggest reaction ever because that's like the coolest thing ever. I I mean, it's probably, you know, it could be a Nerf ball or something like that. And I'll just, like, do a cartwheel, you know. But, but, like, Dylan is just waiting and anticipating the day that he can give me this gift. And I just think, like, there's two sides to that waiting and anticipating coin. Like, God the Father was waiting and longing for the day when he could give us this gift of hope. You know, he um, was waiting and longing and anticipating the day that Jesus would be born. And and there's a flip side to that coin. There there were people waiting thousands of years for the Messiah to come, waiting and longing for the day that the Messiah, their Savior, was going to come. There's there's all kind of references to the coming of the Messiah through the Old Testament, and and so like. I feel like sometimes we jump so fast into the manger moment that Jesus is here that we forget people waited for that moment for thousands and thousands of years and and so I think one really good example in scripture of, of someone once Jesus was born. That had been waiting for the Messiah is the story of Simeon um, in the temple courts when when Jesus was first born. Um, So let's go ahead and turn there in Luke chapter 2, 22 through 35. Now, we've already read the scriptures where they found the babe lying in a manger swaddling in swaddling clothes. The angel hosts have sang... um, Jesus has been born and, and it's a, an incredible moment, but I think this, this moment later on, just in a little, little bit later past that, really describes who Jesus is, is going to be and why he came to the earth. So Luke chapter 2, 22 through 35, um, this actually takes place about 40 days after jesus was born so um to modern mothers that's like a, a, right around six weeks have you ever noticed how mothers refer to their babies in 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 weeks now it's like oh my baby's like 127 weeks <laughs> and I, i'm always like uh okay what does that mean <laughs> like, so, but it's like I don't know, you know, so uh, I just always notice that. I always think that's funny. I am like trying to do the math. I oh, forget it. It doesn't matter. But, um, <laughs> but uh so Jesus is about six, roughly about six weeks old at this point that, and and this this man Simeon and, and we're about to read the scripture but the the man Simeon uh says he was righteous and devout before God and the holy spirit was on him and he set he like declares this beautiful prophecy over Jesus that is so true to us today and so let's go ahead and read that um Luke chapter 2 22 through 35 when it came time for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. First, the, Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of doves or two young pigeons. So that was an offering of a poor person. Two two pigeons or two young young turtle doves. And so that you know, if you, if Mary and Joseph were rich, they would they would have offered like a lamb. But um, because they're poor, they offer a pair of turtle doves or two pigeons. Picking back up in verse 25, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, which means uh, comfort. And, And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Holy Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the And the glory of your people, Israel. The children's father, uh, sorry, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against. So that he thought so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and the sword will pierce your soul your own soul too. So let's stop right there. Um, one thing I just love about this scripture it may seem kind of random for for a Christmas um, Sunday scripture but this is a powerful powerful prophecy that's taking place. So Simeon who is devout, and righteous. And the Holy Spirit is on him, begins to speak over Jesus. And he says, Lord, I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. You told me, your Holy Spirit told me that I would see the Messiah with my own eyes before I died. And Lord, I have seen your salvation. He's holding the baby Jesus in his arms and he's saying, Lord, I have seen your hope. I've seen your salvation. I have seen this gift, and he's just so full of wonder about it. And I just love that. And, and, and like, his prophecy, if you break it down piece by piece, it's so 100% true. But if, as we skip down to the very last line of verse, uh, 34, then Simeon says to Mary, this, um, he, he, he's speaking to Mary, and he says, "And this, and a sword will pierce your own soul." Right there, he is referring to what Jesus is going to have to go through in the coming days. He, the, the path that Jesus is going to have to walk, because you can't have the manger without the cross. They're the bookends of Jesus' life on earth. The manger, as peaceful and as sweet as a, of a scene as it was, was the beginning point of a road that led to the cross. And so, Simeon, holding the child in his arms, six, six weeks old, Saying, already prophesying, Lord, I've seen your salvation. And Mary, salvation is going to hurt. It's going to hurt you. It's going to pierce your soul. And I think it's so important around this time that we remember, and Easter too, that God sent His only Son from heaven into a lowly manger and it didn't get better from there. He, he performed miracles. And he did wondrous things on the earth. And he caused this divide that Simeon talks, talks about in this prophecy. Where people began to question everything that they knew. Or question him and his validity. And he walked this road that led to the cross. And so this morning, as we begin to prepare our hearts for communion, I think it's so appropriate on Christmas morning that we remember the manger, we remember the cross, and we remember the resurrection. Um, in Philippians chapter 2, 1 through 11, I just want to read this as we begin to prepare our hearts for communion. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love, being one in spirit and one in, of one mind, do nothing of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mind, as Jesus Christ. As Christ Jesus. Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to His own advantage. Rather, He made Himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found... In appearance as a man, He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted Him to the highest place and gave Him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. We've been talking a lot about the gift of hope. We talked about the gift of righteousness. We talked about hope for an answer. We talked about hope for a future. And today we talk about hope for a Savior. We have that hope today. We have the hope in Jesus Christ. We no longer have to wait for our relationship with God to be complete. Jesus, in Jesus, we find our, our relationship with God it, it, it is one. The gift of hope has come, the gift of a savior has come, and he the road that he walked led to a cross. Let us never forget that. But let us also never forget that like Simeon he he waited and waited and waited for the savior. And we're waiting for the savior to come back again. Because he's coming back. Sometimes in advent we the advent season becomes about, you know, it's all about the waiting of the birth of Jesus, but the advent season isn't just about celebrating that Jesus came. It's also about that He is coming again. And that the hope of a Savior is not lost. The gift of hope is intact in Jesus Christ. And unlike the people in the Old Testament, we have access to that grace and mercy today through Jesus. So as we move into this time of communion... We're going to begin this year, in 2016, to do communion a little differently. We're going to give time to prepare our hearts. We're going to give time for you to pray just as individuals. If you want to pray with someone, you're welcome to do that as well. But just take a moment and ready your heart to remember the manger, the cross, in the resurrection. Prepare your hearts. Pray. Confess your sin to the Lord before you come to this table. Take time. Let it mean something. Let it be more than just bread and juice. Remember, it is the body of our Savior. The body and the blood of our Savior that was broken for you. peaceful scene of a manger led for hope for all nations everyone everyone can access this hope so as we go into this time of communion I'd like to just take a few moments and and just let us pray so let's do that